It's a great honour and a great privilege to welcome Apostle Patty Valenzuela from El Paso, Texas. Apostle Patty, first time she was here, was with Apostle Maldonado at the Pettigrew Green Arena. And uh, by golly, you're awesome. And uh, she has got an amazing ministry uh, that touches uh, many parts of the world. She touches Australia, she's touching New Zealand, across America. Uh, seen great breakthrough. God has been speaking to her. God has just poured out a fresh uh, impartation over her life, seeing a great experience of the glory of God, seeing people's lives transformed, seeing miracles, souls saved, and I'm believing for an impartation. We love you, Apostle Patty, and uh, you are family to us. And uh, just in our discussion, just ever talking before, I've already got an impartation from you. And so, church, why don't we welcome Apostle Patty Valenzuela tonight? Oh, you guys are awesome. You guys are so awesome. Give Jesus that round of applause. Man. Jesus. You know, Jesus deserves that praise. If you could just give me a little bit more monitor, that'd be awesome. Jesus deserves that praise. Amen. You, you didn't come see a person. You came to encounter a God. You didn't come to see anybody. You came to encounter a living God. Amen. Um, I love New Zealand. Since I step foot in New Zealand, the people of New Zealand are really dear to my heart. Um, we pray for you. We pray for your nation. And we pray for your land. And um, we've been speaking to the Lord about not just this place, but, you know, just overall. And hear me what I'm going to say to you. And I say this with the fear of God. The Spirit of the Lord, in, when I go to nations, I don't always see this. But I saw it in New Zealand. And it's what happened when I was praying for my own city. I saw a well here. And, the, and God said that we are here to dig the wells. Because hear me, hear me. Revival is coming to you. It is. And when, when I say revival, it's not, it's more than just shouting. Revival. It's when you have the fire of God shot up in your bones. And nobody can put it out. Nobody can turn out your fire. That is revival. Where you can't wait to come to church. Because there's a fire that is shot up in your bones. Hear me, New Zealand. Revival is coming to you. Revival is coming to you. And we're here to dig the wells. And I say that with the fear of God. Are you ready? Could you just stand to your feet, all beautiful people? Thank you so much um, for honoring me. I love your pastors. I love Pastor Dave. I love Pastor Kate. Got to spend some time with them. They're incredible. Just give them a big shout out. They're awesome. I honor you guys. And Joe, where are you? You are amazing. Give her a shout out. Um, I know Apostle Mike and... And Joy couldn't be here with us, but um, I love them dearly. You gotta, you gotta honor them. They're amazing. They're amazing. They're just. What can I say? 
Um, I want to honor my husband. He's back home taking care of everything. <laughs> and I brought my daughter. Where is my daughter? She helps. She's right here, Jacqueline. She's, am <laughs> she's amazing. She travels with me. And I brought a team. So my intercessors are, are praying. So thank you so much, team. You guys are awesome. I am ready. Are you ready? Um, if you guys want to take a seat, that'd be awesome. Um, I want to just, I want to start out by saying, let's just stay standing real quick, and I'm going to do a prayer. If you could just stay standing. And we're going to put this entire thing in. I know the presence of God is already here, but I come with an agenda, and I, I come with an assignment from God, and I have an agenda from God, from heaven, to speak directly to you. Are you ready? No, but are you really ready? You, you have to be so ready for what God wants to do today. Um, lift your hands up. And we're going to pray together. I want you to say this prayer with me out loud. I want you to say, Father, I thank you for this night. It is a divine night. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do in my life, for what you're going to do in my heart. Holy Spirit, I give you complete liberty to do whatever it is that you want to do in my heart. Encounter me today so deeply and so profoundly. Ooh, oh, church. Oh, church. You just got to say that. Say, Holy Spirit, I need you to give me a fresh encounter with you today but more than an encounter it becomes a lifestyle so today I ask you to open up my eyes open up my ears so that I can see and I can hear what the Spirit of God is saying to me today Father it is a divine appointment this night between you and me. So I put myself in your hands and I thank you. Now I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. God, I do nothing on my own. Father, I come all the way from Texas. Father, because you have spoken to me about this location, God. And Father, I lift up every person, male, female, young person, every age, every stage, every season, every person in this place, God. And Lord, I declare that the words that come out of my mouth are full of glory, God, that they penetrate, God, like a double-edged sword. And Father, they pierce the heart, even those, Father God, that have walked through hard seasons, God, that you are going to pierce the hearts, God, even the hard heart here today. Father, that you're going to pierce them so profoundly, God. Lord, that you're going to change you're going to transform. You're going to encounter them today, God. You're going to change them. You're going to transform them, God. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, I put myself in your hands, God. I do nothing on my own, God. Nothing. Absolutely nothing, God. Father, I come, Father God, with a strong deposit. And Father, I make the withdrawal today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, you're going to minister. You're going to minister strongly and profoundly today. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. This is not just another service. This is not just hearing, Father, another speaker, Father, or another event. 
But this is so much more than that. You're about to transform people here today. You're about to catapult them, God. They're about to experience things that they have never experienced before. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask your precious Holy Spirit that you begin to do a work in each person as I speak, as I release the word, as I begin to minister, as I begin to preach. Father, let every person be changed and transformed by the power of your word and through the power of your spirit that will be released in this place here today. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus and all of God's children say, I receive it. Before you sit down, I'm going to tell you five things that the Lord spoke to me that are about to happen for 2019. He said, number one, the dry bones shall live. He said, they will revive. He said, there has been so many people this year that have had a very difficult season. Personally, ministerially, many of you have felt dry spiritually. Many of you have felt in the last battle, you have felt depleted because you have been through many battles. But I came to tell you, the dry bones shall live. Many people, many people have been discouraged. There has been a lot of family battles, a lot of frustration, a lot of dry bones. But the spirit of the living God says, the dry bones shall live. The second thing the Spirit of God said is God is preparing an end time warrior that will revive the earth. And God is raising across the earth an end time warrior that is going to rise. The third thing that the Lord spoke to me, he who has an ear, let him hear because this came straight from heaven. It is the year of Exodus. You are coming out of the things that held you in captivity. You are coming out of the Pharaoh's control. You are coming out. He said to me the fourth thing. This is the year of the new. New power. New anointing. New glory. New ministry. New souls. Oh my God. With every new season has to come a new identity. You cannot have the same identity in a new season. Something has to shift in your life to enter into the new. And the fifth thing the Lord said to me, it is the year of revival. He is going to dig up the wells. So this is a platform for what I'm going to do tomorrow night. You can't miss it. That's all I can say. Are you ready? You may be seated. Thank you so much, wonderful people of New Zealand. I love you. I'm going to talk to you real quick. If you're taking notes, jot down. But I want every single person to listen to me. I want you to understand. This is probably, this is the beginning, if you will, of something so new that God is about to do. I live it. This message is dear to my heart. I live it. I walk it. I want to talk to you today about having an intimate, strong, deep-rooted relationship with God. I'm going to say it again. An intimate, a strong, a deep-rooted relationship with God. Can you say intimate? Can you say strong? And can you say deep? Relationship with God. I spend many hours with God. I am a person of prayer. I love to pray. I get to pray. Nobody has to tell me to pray. I love to pray. 
Prayer is my daily bread. I eat, live, drink prayer. I love to speak with God. I love to spend time with him. I have had many, many encounters daily with God. I have felt him on my side. I have touched his beard. I have felt his breath on my cheek. I have heard his words. I have heard his utterances as he speaks to me. I love to spend time with God. And one of the things that I've come to do is to usher you in into a deep, rooted, strong relationship with God. Because this is more than just having an, an, an encounter every once in a while. This is about a lifestyle. This is about of you not just coming into church, hearing a message. This is about you taking it home with you. Did you hear what I said? And so let me say this. And let me start out by saying this. It is your, your relationship with God is one of the greatest spiritual weapons that you can have in the kingdom of God. It is one of the most powerful weapons. No devil can take you out when you have a strong relationship with God. It is the most powerful, most potent weapon in the spiritual realm. The original state of a believer is to grow in the presence of God. To grow in the glory of God. To grow in the splendor of God. That is the original state of a believer. You are supposed to grow in the presence of God. The presence of God in your life should be stronger now than it was last year. The presence of God should be stronger every single season in your life. That is the original state of every believer. In the last days, the Bible says he is going to pour out his glory. And the latter glory is already here, church. To be effective in prayer. To be effective in spiritual warfare, you have to be saturated, saturated in the presence of God, saturated in the great presence of God. It is there that you will know strategies. It is there one strategy can give you a breakthrough. One strategy and one word from God can cause the miracle to come to your life. It is there in your relationship with God where you know strategies. You know exactly what to do next. It is in the presence of God that you hear the secrets of Almighty God. It is in that place that God will speak to you and give you the next step to take. Exodus chapter 33 verse 14 to 16. And I want us to read it out loud. Exodus chapter 33 verse, here we go. Read it with me out loud. It says, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And the next verse says, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. To be a powerful prayer warrior, you must be a carrier of the strong presence of God. It is not just for pastors. It is not just for an elite group of people. No, beloved, it is for every single one of you to carry the presence of God. Presence of God. Can you say God increase the presence? Strong presence of God. As a matter of fact, you can walk into a place and the enemy is so terrorized by somebody who carries a very strong presence of God. The enemy is terrorized by the presence of God because it is the very place that he got kicked out of. And our capacity 
to carry the presence of God should be increasing in our lives. Our love for God should be increasing every single day. It is not normal to be stuck. It is not normal to be bound. It is not normal to, to not grow anymore in the presence of God. That is not normal. It is not normal for you to hit a plateau in your walk with God. That is not normal. It is not normal for you to be frustrated because you want more of God and you don't know how to get there. That is not normal. The normal state of a believer is to carry a presence of God and for it to keep growing in your life. It is not normal. It is the job of the enemy to turn off the presence of God in your life. It is the job of your enemy to shut down the relationship between you and God. The presence of God is something that you have to take care of. It's something you have to guard. It's something that you have to protect. It's something that you have to cultivate. It's something that you have to nurture. It's something that you have to hold dear to your heart. It's something that you have to walk with. Everywhere you go, you can be aware of the presence of God. When you carry the presence of God, every battle will be won on your behalf. You will always have the victory with the presence of God. Beloved, everything happens in the presence of God. You know, we have iPhones nowadays, and every so often our phones will do something. Our, our phones will ask us to update, and then they will have these downloads for us to download the update. How many can vouch for that? And why do they do that? They do that to avoid glitches on your phone. It comes to bring you updates on your phone, smartphones. Sometimes smartphones are smarter than believers. See, you can tell when people are in the presence of God. You can tell who spends time with God. Because you are being updated, transformed into the image of Almighty God. You are being changed. You can tell because you're up to date. There's no glitches to you. When you spend time in the presence of God, he's constantly updating you on what's going on, on what to do, on what not to do, where not to go, who not to be around. Because when God wants to bless you, he'll use relationships. But when Satan wants to destroy you, he'll use relationships too. And what God is doing now is he is changing people because he's preparing for the end times. And he is preparing the people for the greatest, the greatest revival across globally. See, there are different versions of you. There is a Satan version of you. <laughs> but there's also a heaven version of you. And the enemy's version, he will use all kinds of opportunities in your life to get him, to get you to become his version. Not heaven's version. He will create, he will concoction, he will create all kinds of opportunities so that you become his version and not heaven's version of who you're really called to be. That's why you can't stop. And that's why you can't be content with where you're at. That's why you can never be content with where you're at. Don't you ever develop a contentment where you are set in your ways. I am so thirsty for God, I am so 
hungry for the living God. I've, I've been passionate for years for God. I am thirsty for more of God. I am hungry for the glory of God. I am thirsty. I want more of God. Do you have God now? Yes, but I want more of God. Taste and know that the Lord is good. Taste and know that God is good. He's good. I'm so thirsty, but I'm not so set in my ways. I am in a place in my life where anything is subject to change. Based upon what he wants for my life. I'm not going to stay more committed to my right to stay the same. If what he wants is different. All of that has to do with versions. Every problem in the world exists. You know why? Every single problem exists. Because somebody is not heaven's version. But when you become heaven's version, beloved, no enemy can take you down. Your goal, say my goal, is to be heaven's version. Today, many people are tired. They're fighting. They're discouraged. They carry pain in their hearts. And the enemy has wanted to take you out for so long. You know, we got to get to a place where we pray this prayer. God, do whatever you want to do with me. In this season, because all I want is more of you. <laughs> Your plan is better than my plan. Your version is better than my version. So I want to, I want to examine, and we're going to examine our relationship with the Father tonight. We're going to evaluate whether you've known him for 30 years, whether you are a pastor, a leader, whether you are a worshiper. We are all going to evaluate ourselves. And we're going to ask ourselves, where are we really in this relationship with God? Because we can sit here Sunday after Sunday. But what kind of relationship do you really have with the Father? What kind of relationship do we really have? Because I can preach to you about breakthrough and believe me, I can bring breakthrough. But what good does that do if I leave and your relationship with God is still shaky? We've got to get this down. Because when you get this down... Everything else falls together, falls into place. You've got to get this part down. You can't, you can't be a prayer warrior with no relationship with God. You can't be a prayer warrior with no love of God. How am I going to win the earth and win people in New Zealand if I don't have a relationship with God? If my relationship with God is shaky... So we're going to examine our relationship with God because God is calling us to deeper tonight. God is saying, I'm going to take you deeper. And whoever wants to go deeper tonight with me, you will feel deep. And that will be up to you. But God is calling us to death. So many believers, we sit in church and we've gotten so good at dancing. And we've gotten so good at shouting. And we've gotten so good at lifting up our hands. But the love of God has waxed cold. Revelation 2, 4 through 5, and we'll read it real quick. Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 through 5. And the word of the Lord says, read it with me. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. And the next verse, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent... 
I will come to you. And look what it says. I will remove your lampstand from its place. He says, you've lost your first love. Your first love. Your love for God. Your love for people. How can I lose my love for God? I go to church. How can I lose the very reason why I was saved in the first place? Jesus says, this is the foundation of our faith. This is what being a believer is all about. Loving God. It's the reason why I came to him in the first place. How could I lose my love? How could I be up and down like a roller coaster in my walk with God? Internal struggles. And we put on the church face. How are you doing? I'm doing great. But inside, your love is wax cold. How do I know? Because you don't pray like you used to. How do you lose your love? I'm going to give you five and I'm going to keep going, all right? Number one, how do you lose your first love? Through disappointments. Because I'm disappointed. Sadness. Displeasures of life. Something that happened in my life and now I'm disappointed. Something that was supposed to be fulfilled in my life. I thought it was supposed to go that way and it didn't turn out the way I thought. Disappointments that we're not careful could wax us cold we had a hope an expectation of something but now I'm disappointed and when we don't process stuff correctly because we don't have a relationship with God we don't process it correctly that disappointment starts to turn off my fire there's a story of a great man one of my heroes in 2nd Samuel and his name was David and in 2 Samuel chapter 12, you see this mighty man of valor named David, the king. He was at a crossroad in his life. Giants, he knocked down like nobody's business, cut off their head. He was a warrior. He was a powerful man of God anointed to be the king of Israel. He defeated the, the Philistines, left Goliath for dead, moved into the palace. But on the flip side, we see David one day in failure, in disappointment. The mighty man of valor, the one that can knock down armies, brought down giants. He's on the floor, and now he's crying, and he's weeping, and he's eating dirt because he's disappointed because his child has now died. And for seven days, he wept. For seven days he cried because he was disappointed trying to save something that God was not going to resurrect. There are some things in our lives that God will not resurrect because the season is over. And the disappointment in that can cause us to feel like, God, where are you? Why have you disappointed me? Number two, frustrations can turn off your fire. When you're frustrated, you're upset, you're annoyed, and you're unable to change a situation. Many people lose their fire. Number three, because of busyness. You're too busy for God. But the priority should be God. He should be the first one that you tell all to. Not social media. It should be God. We're too busy. Number four, 
because we don't feel appreciated. That could turn off our fire. Because somebody didn't say, hey, good job. Because somebody didn't pat you on the back. And now the fire starts to die down. Number five, we don't get what we expected in return for our love. Somebody hurt us. We gave them everything. We poured our lives into them. But we didn't get it in return. And because of that, if we're not careful, can turn off and extinguish our love for God. And all of a sudden, you forget how you used to love him. I find it interesting and ironic how Revelation tells me to remember. King James Version says, remember the height from where you have fallen. Remember the height from where you have fallen. Remember how you used to worship. Remember how you used to love to serve God. Remember how you used to go and win souls and you wanted to tell everybody about Jesus because you have just experienced him. So you couldn't wait to tell somebody else about God. So remember how you used to, how you used to, couldn't, couldn't wait to get to church. Couldn't wait to praise him. Nobody had to tell you, where were you Sunday? Why'd you come to church? No excuses, just a love that draws you to his feet. Remember how you used to love him when he first touched you and saved you. Now, so many distractions, things on your mind. But remember how you used to, you used to want to come to church. You used to want to serve. Remember Pastors, where can I serve? Put me somewhere even to clean the toilets. But I'm so grateful to God and I love him so much and I want to serve him. Remember, remember, lost the essence of why we do what we do. You've lost your first love. Do you remember? I used to love people. You used to do things from the heart. Because you were so grateful to him. Remember, he says, the height. And he says, the great height from where you have fallen. Listen, I don't like heights. You all have great mountains. But I ain't going parasailing or paragliding. If I, if I fell from a 19 story building I would remember I'm sure you would remember and he says something remember the height the great height from where you have fallen I thought that was interesting because it doesn't matter if you're afraid of heights or not if I fall from a tall building believe me I'm gonna remember how my heart was palpitating and how I was perspiring. Oh, I'll never forget. If I fall off a building, I will never forget. So why does Revelation tell me to remember from the great height that I have fallen? He asks us to remember the great height from where we have fallen. Because of who you are supposed to be. Here, listen, all of a sudden... Who you're supposed to be in love with Jesus. You forgot. And you fell into the abyss. 
of who you think you had to be. And little by little, it was a gradual decline. I am finding that this decline, that this fall, it's not a quick fall. It's a slow and gradual decline. Because if I fell, I would be screaming and I would remember. He says, remember from where you have fallen. Because it's a gradual fall. It's a gradual fall of integrity. It's a gradual fall of love. It's a gradual fall of something that you used to be committed to. It isn't instant. It isn't rapid. It's a gradual fall of life, of the love of God. It's a gradual fall, and it happens so slowly that you don't even notice that it's gone sometimes. That I could put a, 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 I could put a mug with boiling hot water and just wait for it. And slowly it starts to grow cold. Be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. I'll spit you out of my mouth. God says, man looks at the outer, but I, I look at the heart. I think we're in for a rude awakening at the coming of Jesus. Because we are Christians that look at the outer. But God is interested in the inner and in your heart. Remember the height from where you have fallen. How's your relationship with God? Your pastor's not asking you. It's God. It's a gradual fall. That all of a sudden, you don't recognize yourself anymore. You start to withdraw. You start to get cold. You're not excited to serve. All of a sudden, we're in prison. We're incarcerated with our own thoughts, our own emotions. But see, it's only in the presence of God that you can change. Change is internal. Change is not external. I wish I had a dollar for every person that changed externally. Hair extensions. Hair dye. Eyelashes. You can buy anything now. Gym fees and you don't even go to. But change is internal. This is, this is a longevity type of thing. It's not a short race. It's a long race. Because there will be ups and there will be downs. And you're staring at a woman that has walked through very difficult seasons. And somebody asked me, Apostle, how come you don't, you don't ever lose your passion? <laughs> how come you don't lose your fire? How can I? He's all I've got. He's the source the reason for my existence I am dead without him I cannot live without him I need him like the air that I breathe I need my God I want to spend time with him he's everything to me how could I leave him your importance of this relationship with God because see God is looking Looking for us to have such a deep, such a profound, intimate relationship with him. Not surface. Not having a touch. Hear me, beloved. Not a touch. Not a goosebump. Not an occasional encounter. Or we live through encounters after encounters. No, beloved. Not a convention. Not, not, not a guest speaker. This is about you going home tomorrow. And you spending time with God. And you're saying, God, return to me back to that love that is so deep, 
and so rooted and so grounded, not a touch. We've had enough touches. Touches don't change you. You know that? Many people have surfaced and mechanical and superficial relationship with God. And all that depends on the hunger and the level of your hunger. So you say you're hungry. I hear you're hungry for more of God. Is that true? God is looking for a deep, profound, close relationship with God where there is such a hunger where you want to be with him all the time where you want to talk to him you want to spend time with him he's your best friend he's your lover he's your father he's your everything that is called passion it is a deep emotion and ain't no problem take you away from that. No disappointment can take you away from that. As a matter of fact, the disappointment, it draws me to him. Everything in our lives depend upon that relationship. Everything occurs in that place. It's, only, it's the only way, holy way to know this God is through a relationship. He's a father. And you're his daughter. He's a father. And you're his son. And when we're close. And when we have a deep profound relationship with him. He becomes everything to us. I have walked many lonely times in my life. And the Lord said this to me one day. He said I'm turning your loneliness into aloneness with me. And I will be your source. And no man will be your source. I'm talking about a deep relationship with God. He becomes your lover. He becomes your husband. He becomes your father. He becomes your strong fortress, the place where you hide. He becomes your shield. He becomes the one that protects you, the one that fights for you. This is not about need. It's not about I need God. It's not because you have a need. No. It's not about somebody who gives you the desires of your heart, although he does that. This isn't some God that you go to like a genie in a bottle, and every time you have a need or you don't have a need, then you come to God or you come to church. No, this is far beyond need. This is about you loving him, even if he never gives you anything. I remember getting saved, and the father said to me, Daughter, if I don't give you anything, Will you still serve me like that? I said, God, my salvation was enough. My salvation was enough. You pulled me out of the pit. How am I not going to give you my life? How am I not going to give you all of me? Not part of me. Not half of me. Not when I want to give you. But all of me. See, we are, we are full of compartments. You're sitting here, but... Does God have all of you? All of you. All of you. Every piece of you. Every area of you. Where you could surrender it. And you don't say, no, God, not that. Every area of your life, surrender to the Father. This isn't about need. I run to him. Not because I need something. I run to him because I love him. I love him. I love him. How's your relationship with God? No facade. No image. 
No pretense. I don't need your applauses. I preach all around the world. I thank you for the support. But I just want to really get down to the foundation of things because I want to leave here and come back and be able to see revival. And it starts there. It starts with you loving God. Because in the last days, can I tell you something? Everything's going to be shaken. People that you thought would be with you will leave. Everything will be shaken. But the only thing that will sustain and stand is your relationship with God. And when hell rises up against you, the one that is there is your father in heaven. And he's always ready to lend a hand. When you have a strong relationship with God, all you want is him. Communication is easy. It's the key. Relationship. Can you say relationship? You're connected to him. You're tied to him. You're bonded to him. So if I'm frustrated, I give him my frustration. So if I'm disappointed, I, I give it to him. So if I'm hurt, he's the one that's going to heal my wounds. If I'm not feeling appreciated, he'll hug me. He'll give me a pat on the back. He'll affirm me. He'll tell me, hey, daughter, good job. If I feel depleted, he's the one that's going to fill me anyway because he's my source of all things. If I didn't get what I expected, I go to him. I'm never too busy. Quite the opposite. I cannot afford not to be with him. He's the source of everything. Everything in God comes through that relationship. Your identity, it comes through that relationship. Some of you know who you are. But in this new season, you have to have a greater revelation of who you really are. Everything from identity, power comes from that place. Deliverance, it goes, it comes from that place. Change, it comes from that place. You're continually changing and transforming. You're compassionate. You want to win souls. Nobody has to tell you to win souls. You want to win souls. Breakthroughs, it happens there. Battles, they're won there. I can't tell you how many battles I have won in the spirit realm. Because I'm a warrior in the spirit realm. I love to pray. I love warfare. I love to go into territories. And I love to kick out the strong man. Because they belong to Jesus. They, that territory belongs to Jesus. But can I tell you where it comes from? It comes from my intimacy with the Father. The strength that I carry, it comes from my relationship with the Father. Battles, I always win. I always win. I always win. I have never lost a battle. Not because I'm great, but because I love him much. Transformation happens in that place. Strategies are given in that place. I've had witches that have laid their animals to try to kick us out from territories. Can I tell you something? I've been, I've been in locations where they call it the womb of the drug cartels. Where I had security and they didn't let me out. Because they had to guard and protect me. But can I tell you, I've never seen deliverances like I did in that conference. Because when God is with you and God protects you, nothing 
can stand against you. Every battle is won in that place. You will win and you will win every time. You can't lose when you have a strong relationship with God. Strategies are given. I, I've heard God tell me how to win a fight. I've heard it so clear. One text message to my intercessors, boom, the battle's won. But that strategy came from hearing my father. We hear, we hear more social media than we do the father in heaven. Healing comes there. Miracles come from that place. Restoration. Some of you need restoration and some of you need some restitution because the devil stole a lot of things from you. But it's a year of restitution for you. No wonder the disciples told Jesus, teach us to pray. Not preach. Not how to heal. Teach us how to pray. Because when you come out of that prayer closet, man, you're awesome. <laughs> That's why the enemy fights that relationship so much. That's why the enemy will fight you so hard to keep you from a strong, intimate, deep, profound relationship with the Father. The strategy of the devil is to choke that relationship, to stop it, to slow it down, to water it down, to turn off the passion that you have for God. That is the strategy of the devil. Don't mind you coming to church as long as you don't have passion. Don't mind you coming to church, clapping a clap and dancing a dance as long as you don't have passion. Because passionate people are dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Passionate people always win. How's your relationship with the Father? Because this relationship will be fought by the devil so hard. You know, there's a story, and Jesus speaks. Let me pause for a moment. In Luke chapter 11, verse 14. And the verse of the Lord says this. It says, when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places, seeking rest and does not find it. You know what that word arid means? The, the spirits are looking for arid places. You know what that word arid means? It means no rain. It means dry. Dried up, no water. In other words, the enemy is attracted to every dry place in your life. He looks for a dry place. And if he finds a dry place, that's where you will find spirits. Matter of fact, the devil will use the spirit of python to choke the very breath of God in your life. In the last days, two very strong spirits are coming against the church. The spirit of Jezebel and the spirit of python. And its purpose is to interrupt your prayer life. To choke the breath of God. To dry your fire up. To dry your passion out for God. How do I know that a spirit of python came into my walk with God and choked the relationship? You know how you know? You have battle after battle after battle after battle after battle. Problem after problem after problem. Problems in your health. Problems in your marriage. Problems in your finances. And he comes to choke. Because you know what its purpose is, the spirit of python? To make you a miserable Christian. To make you sad and discouraged and anxious. The goal is to cause you to stray from God, to cause you to not hunger for God anymore, to cause you to not be passionate for God anymore. I'm talking about your relationship with God. How is it? David said it best, Psalm 63, 1, oh God, 
You are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul, it thirsts for you. My body, it longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, he said, I'm hungry for you. How do I know that the spirit of Python has come to choke? Problem after problem after problem. You know how? You're always tired. You feel fatigued and you feel so discouraged. You know how? You know because he's attacking your finances. Now you're worried instead of worshiping. Hmm. You are worried instead of worshiping the living God. See, every spirit responds to atmospheres. The enemy will fight you for an atmosphere. That's why he's called the prince of the air. Jesus, wherever he went, he changed the atmospheres. Because atmospheres in your environment is so crucial and so vital for you to maintain that relationship with God. You know how I know the spirit of Python is attacking? Because it attacks your soul. It attacks your mind. It attacks your will. It attacks your emotions. The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your mind, and with all your heart. But that's the area it attacks. And the purpose is to remove the breath of God over your life. And the result is your relationship with God, not with superficial. How's your relationship with God? It comes to dry up your spiritual life. It comes to limit your mobility. You feel contained. This is what the spirit of Python does. This is as far as you can go. And you can't go any deeper in God. That's a lie from the pit of hell. There's always more. God never runs out of his presence. There's always more. Always more. We go from glory to glory, from victory to victory. But the spirit of Python will tell you, this is as far as you get. And then we feel frustrated because we don't know how to get there. And we know there's more. It comes to dry up your spiritual walk, your spiritual life. It comes to put a ceiling above you. You feel frustrated even in your prayer life. Have you ever felt frustrated in your prayer life? You can't press. You can't go deep. There's no depth. And it leaves you feeling so frustrated. It comes to distract us. Instead of seeking God, we're so distracted. Distracted emotionally. Distracted mentally. The mind is so distracted. We can't go deep in God. But we're called to have a strong, deep, profound relationship with God. And today you're going to go there. Are you hungry for that? 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 says the following. God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. He's saying God has called you into fellowship. It's an invitation. He's inviting you to this relationship. He's a lover of your soul. He says this, I want to be your father. I want to be your lover. I want to be your papa. I want to be your source. I want to be close to you. I want to speak to you. I want to be intimate with you. I want to show you my secrets. I want to show you my strategies. I want to caress you. I want to hold you. I want to be intimate with you. I want you to birth your dreams. I want to give you breakthrough. I want to answer your petitions, but I want to be with you. You know, the God that we serve is a jealous God. He wants all of you. And he's calling and inviting you into this incredible, incredible relationship with him. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Your, your church will change. 
Your church will revolutionize. Can I tell you something? We're there. The souls just come in because there's such revival that's happening. People feel God's presence in the parking lot. People walk in and newcomers, they embrace the presence of God. Because in the presence there is liberty, there is deliverance, there is everything. It makes your church, it's, it will change your life. It will change your marriage. It will change your relationships. It will change your finances. It will change your life completely. It will change your family. It will change the way you do ministry. It will change the way you worship. It will change the way you praise. It will change every aspect in your life. When you go deep with God, it changes everything about you. It changes how you think. It changes how you perceive. It changes how you talk. It changes how you, how you act. It changes every aspect of your life. You're not the same. But you're different. It changes how you serve. Your church changes. Our goal is this relationship with God. That's our goal, church. This relationship is very personal. I don't live behind anybody. It's my relationship with God. It's your relationship with God. And in that relationship, can I tell you, you're constantly changing. And you're constantly transforming. And you're constantly growing. And maturity happens in your life where we're not thumb sucking with all due respect Christians, but we grow up and we mature. This has got to be the priority of your life. But nobody can push you into that place. You've got to say, today, I'm going to push you in that place. But after today, you're going to want to be there. See, God is a jealous God. He doesn't want to be second in your life. As a matter of fact, he rewards you. Hebrews 11, 6 says, says that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You mean to tell me you're going to reward me for seeking you? We got it made. See, this isn't about need. This isn't about me needing God. I need God. We have everything we want. You know, you live in a beautiful country, but it ain't about need. It ain't about how great your life is. It's about you just love him because you're so grateful for saving our wretched souls. Need. Can I tell you, because if it was about need, then need became our God. But need is not our God. God is our God, and he deserves all of me. When your priority is God, he will supply every single one of your needs. First seek the kingdom, and everything else shall be added unto you. He's a good God. He's a gracious God. He is a faithful God, and he is a loving God. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a gracious God. See, you can't walk in resentment. And have a strong, deep, intimate relationship with God. You can't walk in offense. And have a deep, strong relationship with God. You can't even walk in bitterness and have a deep relationship with God. You can't. It's impossible. You go in there and you'll just love everybody. It changes how you treat people. It changes how you serve people. You want to go with souls. 
you want to go win. And you say, if there's any chair in my church that is empty, I'm going to go win a soul and I'm going to bring them in here because they need the love of God. See, it changes everything. You pray effectively. Deliverance, protection, strategies are given. Some of you need strategies tonight. This is what I heard. Some of you need strategies. Some of you need miracles. Some of you, you know what I feel? You, you need a breakthrough. But I also feel this very strong. I feel that a lot of you have hit just a plateau in your relationship with God. And you say, is, all, is this all there is? No. I came to tell you all the way from Texas today, you're going to feel his love so profound. When we have a strong, profound, deep relationship with God, we are his sons and we are his daughters. We will withhold nothing from him. And we will say, God, you could have anything in my life. Many people in this place have lost their first love. Many are on the verge of losing their first love. When we lose passion, we have no fire. No wonder Jeremiah said that. Because I could do fire too, which I'll do tomorrow. But no wonder Jeremiah said, God, there is a fire that is shot up in my bones. God, I feel his love so strong here. You know why he said that? He was so in love with his God. Could you do me a favor? Could you just stand to your feet? Could you close your eyes? See, when you lose your passion and when you lose your fire, there is no, there's no strong emotion. Hear me. Hear me. We could shout. We could dance. But this, this is it right here. You get what I'm telling you? Hear me, everything else will be added unto you. Every eye closed. Nobody looking around. This is so personal. Has the spirit of Python choked you? Has the spirit of witchcraft come, lured you, seduced you? Has something taken your fire? Have you hit a plateau? Have you become false? image pretense and we get so good at doing it are you in here in this place and you say no I love Jesus but I want more every eye closed nobody looking around if you're here and you say I have lost my first love could you without me having to say it you should be just raising your hands from the front all the way to the back now don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. He's a good God and he's a gracious God. Are you here and you say, Apostle, I hit a plateau. Could you raise your hand all the way to the heavens? Yeah. How many can say, I want more? Raise your hands. Yeah. It's deep. It's more than just screaming and yelling. It's so deep. Some of you, your love will come back today. It will be so intense. Some of you are already crying because you could feel his love. It's deep. And it's so profound. 
And see, when he comes, and he comes into the room, and, and he just possesses you, it's so intense, and nobody can pull it out, and nobody can take it away from you. Nothing, and nobody can. See, nobody can defeat you in that type of presence. You will always win. You will always win. You will never be defeated. It is in that place he wants you to live every day of your life. It is in that place that you seek him. It's more than just a conference. It's more than just coming here. It's, it's so deep. It's like you want to be with him. And you say, God, I got to have you. Because you can't live behind your pastor's salvation. That will only take you so far. How many of you want more of God? Everybody that lifted their hands up for whatever reason. Maybe you lost the presence. Could you do me a favor? Could you get out of your chair in the hunger that you have? And maybe we could dim lights a little bit. Because it's so personal. I don't care if you're a leader. I don't care if you're a worshiper. I don't care. I don't care. Every one of us needs it for the times that we are living in. Maybe you got discouraged to start making your way up here. Maybe you got disappointed. You know what I feel? Some of you have been disappointed. Some of you have been through battle after battle. Some of you feel frustrated. Some of you have been dealt a bad hand in life. And you feel discouraged. And you feel frustrated. And you're going, God, where are you? It wasn't supposed to be like this. I thought it was going to be different. When I said, Jesus, I accept you in my heart. I thought surely my life would be different. I thought everything was going to be better, but it's, it's not. Apostle, I'm hurting. I'm disappointed in life. There's been battle after battle after battle. And I don't know how to come out. And sometimes if we got honest, we blamed God for some of these things. We grew bitter with God. And we said, God, where are you? Where are you? So you know what we do, church? They preach us to death. But then we go home and we have no intimacy. We have no relationship. We're too busy for God. And there's some of you, you're angry at God. You're angry at God. I feel that you're angry at God. You said, God, why? Why did that have to happen? Where were you? Yeah, let it out. Let it out. Some of you are offended. There will be deliverance in this place because I know when he goes deep, deliverance starts to occur. Some of you are already responding to what I am saying. Lift your hands to the heavens. Remember, remember, he says, remember, remember how you used to love him. Remember how you used to serve him. Remember when he first touched you. Remember how you felt. Remember how deep and profound it was. Do you remember? But gradually it got snuffed out. Suddenly, you didn't feel him like you used to. Every eye closed Nobody looking around. Could you lift your hands up? Yeah, respond. 
respond all over this place. So I'm going to give you a few minutes to talk to him with open mouth and nobody staring at you. It's just you and him and nobody else. Because this, this right here, you will feel his love, I guarantee you. As I begin to minister, you're going to start to feel his love so profound. I want you to start repenting in your own words because I don't want to put any prayer in your mouth. So out loud from the front to the back with no embarrassment, with no shame, with no facade, with no image. You just start opening your mouth and you start to say, God, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Can you do that? But out loud, can you just tell him, I'm so sorry, I know that you've been good and you're faithful, God. But I am so sorry, God. I am sorry. I've lost my love for you. I am so sorry, God. Tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him all over this place. All over this place. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Respond. Some of you have unforgiveness. I could feel that in the spirit. A lot of unforgiveness. Forgive the people that hurt you. Let them go. It's not worth it. Let it go to say their names out loud and just say, I forgive you. Because you were supposed to be there. I thought you were going to be there. I thought you were going to walk this journey with me. But you didn't. So just let them go right now. Let them go. Because see, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Not for your relationship with God. It ain't worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Can you say this out loud? Say, Father. Out loud. Can you say, Father? I ask you today that you would forgive me with all of my heart. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me right now. I come before you and I ask you, Jesus, that you take my stony heart and that you give me a heart of flesh. And then you give me a new heart. I'm hungry for you, God. I need more of you today, God. I want you to go so deep in my heart today. I ask you in the name of Jesus that everything that is keeping me from having a deep, profound relationship with you, I remove it. Today, I remove it. I forgive. Everybody, I have to forgive. Today, I remove offense. I remove bitterness. I remove res resentment. I ask you, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, that you forgive me, God. Forgive me, God. I remember the height from where I have fallen today. I want you to open your mouth and begin to speak to him as I begin to pray for you. Open your mouth. How much of God do you want? How much of God do you want? Tell him with your mouth. Tell him to fill you. Some of you have to empty yourselves. Some of you have too much stuff going on, too much busyness. You've got to empty yourself so that he can fill all those empty spots. Pastor Norma, help me. Help me start praying for people. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask you for a deep, profound encounter with them. God, right now, in the name of Jesus.
Jesus, my God, I ask you, Father, by the blood of the Lamb, Father, that you would go deep, 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 deep. How much of God do you want? I want you to lift your hands up, close your eyes. As I begin to minister, as I begin to minister, I want you to respond to what God is saying. He wants you to hey, hey. Oh, Jesus, tell him I want more. Can you say I want more? Can you tell him God, fill me? Can you tell him God? I want more of you, God. I want more of you. Can you tell him? Can you tell him? Can you tell him? Can you start surrendering things in your life? Can you start telling God, I surrender every area of my life. And God, I want more of you. Some of you may need to shout it. Some of you may need to shout it. Some of you may need to shout it. You may need to say, God, fill me. Fill me up, God. Fill, fill, fill my heart up, God. Fill my heart up, God.
that's going to happen here today. Sons calling on their father. A daughter calling on their father. Just tell them Abba. Just tell them Abba. Just tell them Abba. He's tell them Abba. Come on, come on church. He wants to hear your voice. 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 Abba. Abba, we want you. Abba. Abba, your sons are calling. Receiving, I feel that there's a depth that God wants to go in deeper, 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 deeper. Lift your hands up. I could feel the glory of God. Oh, respond to him. Tell him, Abba. Tell him, I want to, I want more of you. You, 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 you tell him. You tell him, I want more of you. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. I want more of you. If you wanna, if you wanna put, get on your knees, get on your knees. This is so private. This is so, so personal. Oh God, we want more of you. Your church will change. Your families will change. Everything will change. Oh God is crying out. Oh yeah, yeah. Lift your hand up and say, Abba, 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 Daddy, 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 Daddy. Let it break out. 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 Let it come out of your mouth. Say Abba!
wants him. He's here. A level of prophetic is going to be released over the worship team as you guys just right there. Don't worry about ushering them in. Just call on up. Because I hear a spirit of prophecy that's going to break out. You will write your own songs. relationship with right now start to build a relationship with him right now it's not about need put your need aside tell him I need you what would you tell him close your eyes what if he's right in front of you what would you say to him would you kiss him face to face Would you hold him? What would you say to him? There it is. He's in front of you. Face to face. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What would you say to him? See, love is expressed. It's not silent. He's in front of you. He's right there, right in front of you. Close your eyes. He's right there, right there, right there. He's not far. He's right in front of you. <laughs> He's not left. He's not grown weary. He's not grown tired. He's right there in front of you. He's right there, right there in front of you.
How are you going to start this relationship? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, he'll do it. He'll do whatever it is that you need him to do. You will always win. But what are you going to do? Not the pastors, not the church. You, you. What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do the next day? Are you going to open your Bible? Are you going to pray? Are you going to seek his face? Are you going to give him time? How much time are you going to give him?
Arabande kete terebesho toko. Arabande kete terebeshti kidi atuko. Haramasere bende kete terebe. Harabande ke, if you speak in your heavenly language, can you do that now? Herebende ke, sheteke serebende ke, haramande ke. Oh, Father, you're feeling, you're feeling, you're feeling, you're feeling, you're feeling, you're feeling. Some of you have lifted away from God, but I declare in the name of Jesus that your relationship with God goes deeper and it intensifies. In the name of Jesus, I declare right now by the blood of the Lamb that the relationship between you and your Father in heaven is intensifying. It is getting deeper, 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 deeper. Deeper, 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 deeper. Rebendu ko sheteke aramande keshtikiria tu ko. Father, that you would go deep, 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 deeper, 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 deeper. Father, like fire that is shot up in our bones. God, we want more of you, God. We want more of you, God. We want you God we will not settle for anything less we want you God we want more of you God we want more of you we want more of you God stir up a hunger stir up a hunger stir up a hunger God stir up a hunger God hunger in this place hunger Father God to seek your face to pray my God a hunger not just to serve God not just to do things God but a hunger for you God Say I'm hungry. Say I'm thirsty. I want more. I want more. I want more. Open your mouth and say more. Fire! 
fire for God, a people, God, that can't wait to come to church, a people that can't wait to serve God, a people that are hungry for God. Father, I prophesy it. I prophesy it. I prophesy it, God. Jesus, Jesus, we love you, God. Jesus, next to you really tight just begin to pray for them right now father in the name of jesus hug them right there yeah 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 lord i call your love to be poured out your love to pour out love to pour out amongst brethren god amongst brothers god amongst brethren god come on just hug somebody right there begin to pray for that person right now begin to pray for them begin to pray for them father i saw sheep so many sheep are coming so many sheep are, i saw it i saw it in the spirit so many sheep are coming my god i could see it clear sheep 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 are coming sheep are coming so many get ready get ready get ready god is saying get ready get ready get ready get ready hug them don't just put your hand on them but hug them hug them I call the love of God, the love of God to invade this place, God. They will love each other, God. They will be close, united with each other, God. I call, Mother, your spirit, Father, to dwell within them, God. I thank you, Jesus. I pray for each and every one of them, my God. In the name of Jesus. Pray, pray, pray. Pray, 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 pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for your sister. Pray for your brother. Oh, Father, we pray for your people right now. Father, there are needs across this room, God. There are so many needs, Father God. I call, Father, your delivering power. I call, Father, your healing power. I declare breakthrough in this place, my God. I know, Father, that you're doing something. You are digging, digging, digging wells, God. I have to call, Father, in the name of Jesus, God. I call on the presence of God, Father, to begin to invade every person now. Father God, the power of God. Father, I call on the power of God right now. Father, begin, begin to work. Begin to work in New Zealand, God. Begin to work in this church, God. Begin to work, a work, a work, a mighty work, a powerful work, God. Oh, Jesus, we call it right now into existence, God. Lord, that you are doing it and you are moving, God, in the hearts of every man, in the heart of every young person, in the heart of every person here today. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you strayed from God. God is here to meet you right where you're at. Maybe you're here and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus. And today is your day. If you say, Apostle, I've never given my life to Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you, you got away from God. God is here. It is not a coincidence that you came tonight. If that is you, could you just lift your hand up right where you're at? You say, I've never given my life to Jesus. But today, I want to give my life to Jesus. Lift your hand up and just wave it at me. Maybe you strayed from God and you say, I left God. And today is your day to come back to God. If you've got your hand lifted up because you've never given your life to Jesus. Or perhaps you strayed from God hand is lifted up. Do me a favor. I want to personally pray for you. Could you just run over here? Run over here. Run over here. All 
Jesus, forgive me. I turn away from my wicked ways and I open the door to my heart and I ask you to come inside of me. Live inside of me. Cleanse me and wash away all my sins. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus, I accept you. As my personal Lord and Savior, I know that you died for me. You died a cruel death for me. But today, I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. I know there's an exchange. You gave your life for my life. So today, I accept you in my heart. I thank you because you have a purpose for my life and I will fulfill that call and that purpose in my life Jesus Jesus I will not leave you I'm gonna serve you all the days of my life I thank you for salvation in Jesus name if you made that prayer your name is written in the Lamb's book of life you are saved. Old things are past. He has made all things new. All things. Sing with me. Can we stand to our feet and sing that song? Is our God. Oh yeah, church, come on, sing it with everything you got.
relationship with God. Come on, make a commitment. Say, God, I ain't moving. I ain't moving. Hallelujah. The days of revival. And it's more than just a shout. It's more than just a shout. It's from within. See, our God will never let you down. Never. Never. Never let you down. What he promised you, he will do it. What he said to you, he will do it. What he spoke to you, he will do it. He is an awesome God. He is a faithful God. He is a powerful God. I don't care what the devil said to you. The devil is such a liar. Your God is an awesome God. He is an almighty God. He is a powerful God. He is an omnipotent God. He is an omnipresent God. He is a omniscient God. He is an almighty God. There's nothing that my God cannot do. My God is strong. Yeah. Awesome. 
God is awesome. Yes. Tell your neighbor, my God is awesome. That God is awesome. That's the God you serve. Amen. That's the God you worship. Amen. Amen? Yes. I love you guys. Love you too. You're awesome. What an amazing group of people. So now you're going to serve. You're going to pray. You're going to build your relationship with God. Amen. Amen. And you're going to keep your fire burning. And I will see you tomorrow. Amazing night, eh? What an amazing night. We will not move from this place. Amen. Jesus, we're all yours. I want to bless you tonight as you leave. Tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. Tomorrow evening, 6 p.m. Bring somebody along. Somebody that needs to know Jesus. Be blessed.